out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. So in the last episode we left off, uh, you have all gone into the family room and found a person that you believe to have been dead for quite some time. He, for some of you, is your father. For Virgil, he's his brother. For Alistair, he's his father-in-law. And for JC, he is his grandfather. Uh, He's made the plea to you all to return to your monster hunting roots. How do you all respond? Yeah, sure. How how long have you been here? Have you been here this whole time and we've just forgotten? Have we had other conversations that have just escaped our minds? He sighs and rubs his temples a little bit, um... And you can really see the missing finger as he does this, and he says, um... I've been here for quite some time. I'm not always here. I've been trying to suppress the supernatural threats as best I could, but I cannot do it anymore. I try to avoid you when I can. I think it's easier that way. I... I don't know what to say. He turns to look at Penny and he says, You need to do as Elias says. You need to lead this family. We have one more chance to do this and it rests on your shoulders. You need to take that very seriously. How can you ask me of this when it, it's clearly what took mom from us? We know nothing about this. It's in your blood. You know everything you need to know. We have resources here. Virgil knows. He hasn't done anything in decades, but he knows what's out there. You can do this, Penny. The the monster hunting was always more of your thing than, than mine. No, Virgil. It's the family's thing. Everyone has a duty. Everyone can play to their strengths, but we cannot keep ignoring this. 
I cannot keep this up any longer. Seems like a pretty simple decision, all things considered. I mean, Grandpa, whatever your name happens to be, can't really do it anymore. He's easily your age, Virgil. Which means, I mean, five or so years in, like, a normal life, and he'll start really, really uh, decaying and degrading quickly. And I can't imagine being a monster hunter is the uh, safest job in the world. Unfortunately, that is the case. That's why we have new generations to pick up the burden from us. Um, looking at JC and Virgil, well, looking more towards Virgil, Penny's going to say, well, if I can count on you to to guide me, I, I feel like I'm going into this blind. You will not be without help in this, Penny, but you need to go after your destiny as so many other Rookwoods have done before us. Virgil's starting to get over his initial shock a little bit, and he nods and says, Yes, yes, I've I've been saying it for some time, that the family has lost its way. We need to return to its traditions. Penny and your, your sister have... You've ignored your purpose, your... These family traditions for too long. Um, he, at that, is going to... Um, clench his hand into a fist and just sort of like slam it down on the armchair next to him and it makes you all jump for a second because there's a surprising amount of strength behind it. It has to be all of us, Virgil. We cannot keep blaming others for this anymore. I let this go by the wayside, as did you, Virgil, and Gale, and everyone. The only people here who are blameless are Jeremy and Alistair. Um, thank you. And um, with, with that, uh, can, can, can I leave? <laughs> <laughs> May I be excused? <laughs> this feels like a family thing. <laughs> he shakes his head and he says, I know that you're afraid, Alistair, but you are as much a part of this as anyone else. People who have married into this family have gone on to do great things, and you can too. You don't have to be on the front lines. And uh, do people who marry into the family uh, tend to get eaten by the family, specifically the one that they marry? He... He glances at Gale for a second, but then glances back and he says... There are things that others can do to help you, but you need to stay here. What does that mean? We can help you. He looks at Gale and and he says, It's not too late, Gale. We can fix all of this. It doesn't need to continue. So, Gale, this whole conversation has been staring at the ground, um, still crying from Alistair and what he said when he went to go get her and, and bring her to this whole situation. And uh, this uh, has obviously not been very good for her. (laughs) So, um, yeah, she's been quiet. She hasn't said anything. She's staring at the ground upset, clenching her fists, until she finally looks up to Dad and says, uh, It's not too late. We can still fix this. We can get everything back on track. Back on track? 
You want me to risk my entire family so you can go continue to play Monster Hunter? It's not just your family, Gail. It's our family. No. When you abandoned us, when you disappeared and got Mom killed, we were no longer your family. Virgil has done nothing to continue any of this, and it's fallen on me to protect my son and my sister from you. Um, he looks very surprised at this outburst from Gail, and he recovers quickly, and, and he says, I have done all I can to protect you for as long as I can, but Jeremy is practically a man now. We have to continue this. We have to let future Rookwoods take their destiny just his like everyone else. for what? To die? I won't allow my son to go out and get himself killed. Uh, he turns to Jeremy and he says, What do you have to say about this, Jeremy? Well, uh, and, you know, might get me in a little bit of hot water, but for what it's worth, this is, like, actually really convenient to be offered the chance to sort of do this. The whole death thing, that would be kind of a bummer, but my curse is super convenient for just traveling and hunting down stuff. Um, He looks at you and glances at Gail again, and he says... Well, then I'm sure that you will be reassured to know that no Rookwood ever truly leaves us. I know, I got my mirror and everything. I I don't know where it's going to go, but hey, maybe I'll figure that out. And uh, he says he says to Gail, um, I know it's hard, and it will take some time to get used to, but everyone else is willing to do this, and you need to too. Elias will not let this continue any longer. You need to get used to this. So Gail just looks horrified by what uh, Jeremy just said. Just uh, <laughs> if if her jaw could drop through the floor, uh, her jaw would be digging its way just straight through the earth. <laughs> um, she looks around at everyone, and it's obvious that she just uh, just she just does not understand why everyone is on board with what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Virgil Virgil will s- speak up and says, "Gail, your your father is correct and I I am as much to blame as anyone else. Um but we for the sake of the family and its legacy need to change. We need to accept our destinies." Um he uses the cane to help himself up and he goes over to Gail and and at least tries to take her hand. And uh, he says, Don't you see? No one has ever really left us. And again, you can hear music in the room, um, Gail, like you heard the other night. You hear your mother's lullaby again going into a round. So Gail slaps his hand away and takes a step back and just glares at him. She says, uh... We may never leave, but at least I'm trying to keep them alive. If you want to keep them alive, then you have to let them live. If they stay here, they will meet the same fate as out there, but it will come sooner. And why should I believe you? And he gestures to everything around him. He's like, Gale, you have to see all of this. You cannot deny it any longer. The family will not let you do this. You still have a chance, though. You don't have to go out there, but you must help in some way. 
ever since you left, I have been taking care of everyone here. I have been doing everything I can to protect them from all of this. Nobody has to be hurt the way you hurt me, like you hurt Penny. I will not let you do the same thing to my family. This is no longer yours. Penny, um, who at this point would have tears in her eyes, is going to step forward towards Gail and rest a hand on her shoulder, if she's able to, and say, Gail, don't you see that it's actually killing you more? This need for protection, this need for love is eating you inside. It's, it's killing you. And it's driving everybody else away. Uh, she looks at Penny and, um, her look softens for a second. Um, and Penny can notice her words really did, um, affect her for that one, for that one moment. Uh, but she quickly hardens back up and she snaps back to Dad and glares. Uh, Penny's gonna continue, though. Um, she's gonna say, for the first time in my life, I fully used my power today and- it was terrifying, and it was, <laughs> yeah, it was exhilarating. It 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 released something in me. Gail, I, I used it for good, more than just a few whispers. Virgil looks very proud, but he doesn't say anything. Uh, Gail, on the other hand, looks horrified. <laughs> yeah, figured. <laughs> <laughs> she, she pulls away so that Penny isn't touching her anymore, um, and she throws her hands in the air. I can't believe I have to listen to any of this. You're all acting crazy. Why can't any of you see what I've been doing this entire time? I don't think it's that we're not seeing it. Because, like, despite a, a few rocky mishaps along the way, yeah, we haven't dealt with any sort of direct confrontation from Supernatural, whether that be because you've done a good job or because grandpa over there has been dutiful in keeping things from getting to us until now but if he dies it's gonna come back at us anyway and you know public faces and having people over for tupperware cells or whatever you do on your saturdays <laughs> that's nice but you know if we're being besieged by whatever goes bump in the night you can't really have those don't you see gail it's our duty to make sure every mother out there can have her children safe at home without us that does not happen it's not just about us but why can't it be why have we had to suffer our entire lives for everyone else why can't I have my one chance at happiness? Why do we all have to be bound to this prison of a family? You have to find your own happiness in it, Gail. I did. No one can control the hand that they're dealt. We were dealt one that has a duty. Duty? Ha! More like death <laughs> sentence. Um, he looks at the rest of the Rookwoods and, uh, including Alistair, and he says, Are you all on our side? Are you going to reclaim our destiny? Yes, I will. And and Virgil now, like, he looks um, sternly at Gale and says, Gale, for once in your life, you need to think selflessly. You are being willfully ignorant. You have to accept things for what they are 
and accept the destiny that comes with being a Rookwood. Do you seriously think that I'm only being selfish? Her hands kind of tremble as she's saying this. Everything you have done these past years. Everything I've done since he has left us has been for everybody else. You can keep telling yourself that, but you do it for you. You always have. That's not true. Gail, I cannot control anyone's perception of me any more than you can control your own hunger. I would have loved to be here for every moment, but instead, I am destined to be in the shadows forever, destined to be forgotten, and yet I still do this because it is important. She glares at him. That's a dirty lie and you know it. You never took care of Penny and I. I did my best. And look what your best got you. And she she turns to leave. Uh, he lets her leave unless anyone goes to stop her. Yeah, sure. Maybe I won't like directly stop her, uh, but like I'll I'll follow her out and just sort of like give a look that implies ideally I'll be back soon. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, as JC and Gail leave the room, um, the memories of Dad start to fade a little bit. You know that the family is arguing about getting back into the destiny because of, um, the prompting from the ghosts that you've been finding, but, uh, you start to forget your dad's role. Um, so when Gail notices that Jeremy followed her out, uh, she tries and takes his hands. She is, uh, very obviously not okay right now. <laughs> um, so she takes his hands, and he he can see that she's very sincere in this moment. Um, and her, her words are very true. Uh, Jeremy, please, you don't understand. You don't have to do this. When, when everything started happening, Alistair sort of said that, uh, if things keep going as they're going that I would leave. He's not wrong. He is. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He hasn't been here. He doesn't know. What's... Outside of the family, what's there here for me? I don't have much of a social life. I compensate for that by digging out whatever information I can about people so that if they even think about trying to do something to me, I can use it against them. Like, let's be real, I'm kind of a mess, and I want to leave because it's it's something. It's it's more than the town I've I've grown up in. It's more than the town that my brother died in. It's it's more than the town than literally the single place that most of the bad shit in my life has happened to me. I want to do the monster hunting thing, not because like it's some sort of duty-bound thing inside me that's pushing me to be like, hey, you should do this or else things are gonna get bad, but because it's it's just fucking something to do. And I would appreciate your support, and I'm not going to force you, but your support in this is gonna make the difference of if I feel comfortable coming back here in between shit. If this is all about going out and traveling and seeing the world... After you graduate, we'll put together any money we possibly can, and we'll send you anywhere you want to go. Just please, you can't get caught up in this. 
what else am I supposed to do with my curse? Like, it's it's there. It's not something I can forget. You don't every have time to I use look, it. Every time I look in the mirror, I feel the... I, I want to. To just escape somewhere for just a little bit. To, I don't know, do anything with it. It's... It's a curse, sure, but there is a part of it that's... It doesn't feel like it's going to consume me. It feels like it's trying to tell me that, hey, I'm here. Use me or don't. And I really want to use it. Not for, like, the whole putting on the disguise of Alistair and shattering whatever worldview he held before this, but, (laughs) like, I mean, I've practiced on a couple occasions with like well we'll we'll discuss that later i guess but i don't even have to get close to something to hurt it if i like stab your reflection you'll feel it i i'm actually if i'm being honest probably the safest person to do this monster hunting thing travel time is nothing i can walk into a mirror and end up in any other mirror i've ever seen before it doesn't matter your curse will eat you up inside and i can't watch you succumb to that are you afraid? Are you afraid of your curse? <laughs> are you afraid of your curse? Of course I am. Aren't you? I'll admit your yours is probably one of the rougher ones because it's just uh, inherently sort of uh, morbid. But to live in fear of something that you don't have control over getting it, it feels like it feels like that's a curse of its own. Jeremy, please. You've never seen anyone had to die because of this. I mean, unless I marry and have kids, I'm going to watch literally all of you succumb to your curses. And you don't have to do that. I wish everyone could see that I'm trying to save them this heartbreak. When my mom and dad died, it destroyed your aunt and I. I could never wish that upon anyone else. We've all been bound to this family, and there's nothing we can do to get out of it, but I've been trying to do whatever I can to protect us from that. So what, do we just let ourselves die out? Think of everyone else we save. Nobody will have to deal with this ever again. Nobody has to lose their parents or family over something they had no power over. Gail, around your leg, you feel um, a hug from a tiny toddler-sized person and uh on your shoulder you feel a very um not warm but a reassuring hand fall she gets notably more emotional and she looks at jeremy and she says please don't make me lose another one of my babies you're really putting me on the spot there she lets go um and her face falls um it stops being um quite so emotional and it's not hard like like it normally is but it's definitely um emotionless um or empty maybe you don't have to fake anything around me you don't need to start now you can be as pissed off as you want that's honestly better than whatever public face you feel like you need to wear, I guess, around me now, too. But I want to do this, and I want to, like, you know, have the chance to do something more than to live in this house 
be miserable, marry, have kids, continue this sort of perpetual cycle of misery because we, I mean, hell, if we don't do anything now, the ghosts are still going to get worse. Eventually, it's going to be a constant thing, and eventually when the monsters come, we're going to have to do something, and I'm not going to die on my feet with the curse not being used. I would rather fight. And if you don't think that's okay, that's fine. I'm not going to stop thinking of you as my mom because of that. If the shit in the book is true, I still haven't stopped thinking about you as my mom, even in regards to that. But it's going to stress things, and I'm not going to feel like I should be back here. I'm not asking for an answer now. We can discuss this later, because realistically I won't leave until I finish high school. But if things don't change, there's still going to be like this whole miserable family versus family thing. And granted, the whole Virgil and Penny versus Gale and Alistair is fun, but that's already out the door. <laughs> uh, Gale nods. Um... And she just very unemotionally says, uh, I'll do whatever I have to to protect you. I'm going to hope that's not like <laughs> ominous later on, but okay. <laughs> and he'll, he'll about face and walk back to the family room. JC, the most emotionally mature one of all of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, back in the family room, JC. Um, you kind of like can put the pieces together uh, once they get back in there. Um, we'll get back to Gail in a second, but everyone else is there in the aftermath of uh, of Gail leaving. So what happens until JC gets back into the room? Virgil's kind of rubbing his chin as he watches the two of them leave. And he's kind of thinks for a moment and turns back to his brother and says, I honestly don't know what it's going to take to get her to see reason she'll come around i know she'll come around sorry uh virgil virgil's gonna laugh at uh like chuckle to himself at uh alistair's reaction and go mm. yes the his history isn't really on her side in that regard i fear i know my gail i know that she'll do the right thing She's trying to do the right thing now. She's just, well, she's just confused. Misguided. And uh, he says, I just worry she doesn't learn the wrong lessons and do something rash. Your Gale is psychotic. I can list at least 15 things wrong with her. And you think she'll come around? <laughs> you married her. You know why I did that. I've told you now. <laughs> so dad looks to the side and nods and Alistair feels himself being forced to his knees by an unseen force. Bullshit. What is this? You do not get to insult the family after all that you have done. Alistair looks at first a bit defiant but he thinks for a moment and bows his head please forgive me I am emotional as well 
um, he feels the force uh, stop making him be on his knees. <laughs> and he can get up if he wants to. Yeah, I will stand and kind of du- he'll, he'll dust his pants off and quietly fold his arms. Yeah, yeah. as as Alistair stands back up, Virgil's going to nod and say, Yes, Alistair, um, regardless of what your original intentions might be, this is the bed you have made for yourself, and now you have to live with the consequences. I, I actually, I don't mean to completely disagree, but I completely disagree. <laughs> Alistair didn't know ahead of time what he was getting into. He had no say. Granted, he's a piece of shit for trying to use Gale. But he had no real warning of this. This is new to him. And for me to defend him, you have to know that it's a little unfair to ask him to accept everything that has happened to him so swiftly. When Gail can barely accept what's happening to her. Yeah, Virgil will nod and say, yes, it would have been Gail's responsibility to tell him, but uh, of course we know how that went. Unfortunately, as... uh, much as I uh, can't dispute your account of events, um, Penelope, um, it appears that the family ghosts um, see things differently, um, Virgil says, kind of turning back to his brother kind of for confirmation on that. Yes, unfortunately, he is going to have to accept this very quickly. I'm sure it is hard, but it is what has to be. It is better this way. Penny's going to turn to Alistair and say, while you annoy me, you are pretty intelligent. I would think that you could put your big brain to use for us if you wanted. Is that what you want, Penelope? I'm still deciding on that. I almost think it'd be better if you were just gone from our lives. I don't think there's any arguing um, with that point. I think we would all like to see him gone, but... Unfortunately, it doesn't appear that is going to be possible. I'll do whatever you want. Whatever I have to. Um, Dad nods at that, and he goes over to Penny and takes her hand, and he says, I won't be around anymore after this. This is the last time I'll get to see you. So you're leaving us again? I wish I didn't have to, but this is how it has to be. How could we do this every night? Every time you sit down to dinner, you would suddenly realize I'm alive again, and you would go through that trauma every single time. I cannot do that to you. Dale wasn't completely wrong. Your death did destroy us. I mean, it broke Gale broke me for a while. There is nothing I could have done. This is the mark of my curse. I cannot constantly reopen the wound every night. I guess at least this time, the mercy is that I won't remember it. She's visibly upset in multiple ways. <laughs> there, has to, there has to be a some other way, even if we can't remember you specifically that I he shrugs and says you have the book he looks at Penny you have my gifts 
You have all the trinkets that I have given you. That will have to be enough. This was never my forte. It was always yours, and I admired you for it. But I will do what I can to help set this family back on track. (laughs) No one even remembers what I was like. I... I suppose you're right. Any memory that I have of you cannot be trusted, I suppose. And uh, he points to his head and he says, You cannot trust this. And he then points to his heart and says, This is what you have to listen to. This is where I have to live. That is my curse. I suppose you're right. And Virgil kind of thinks for a moment. And he says, well, I know I won't remember this conversation. And that breaks my heart. And I know even in the answers that I do get, I won't remember. But it can't, I can't help but to wonder. But as I said, you have my word. Even if I don't remember taking the torch from you, I will still bear it and do what I can to get this family back on track. And I'm going to extend a hand to him. Give him a heart attack with your curse. Shake, 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 shake his hand, brother to brother. <laughs> he he um, looks at your hand and then looks at Penny and he says, It's not your duty to get this family back on track. It is her duty to lead. Yeah, he'll take your hand. Um, I'm going to use my uh, one of my abilities. <laughs> okay. To... Um, basically read his thoughts and emotions. And I'm not trying, and it's not that I don't trust him, mm-hmm. but with the realization that all of my memories of him could be altered or false in one way, I am trying to read his memories, knowing I probably won't even remember them, but still out of curiosity, I want to read his memories to, in that moment at least, piece together what our history together was. Yeah. Um, so this would be um, a weird challenge. Um, you can buy off a success uh, if it works, if, if you like get, you know, above a floor. Um, yeah. You'll be able to read those memories. Sure. And you can uh, roll, roll your dice. All right. I'm going to roll. So I'm rolling three, three D sixes, correct? Um, well, you can choose. You can choose how many, what sort of effort you're putting forth. Um, you can choose one, two, or three dice. I am. I. I am determined to make this happen. So I am going to use three d sixes. Uh, okay. Two weird and one guile. Yeah, uh, and uh, do remember that uh, you do run the risk of gaining another mark, and yep. you will. You know, those dice will be kaput for a while. I don't care. Yeah. There I'm not go. gonna have an opportunity to talk to my brother again. So That's it is true. That's true. Worth okay. Yeah. The risk. So I had one success. Okay. But I did roll doubles. Yeah. So you are able with that die to buy off um, the success. So it does happen because the successes are buying off certain things happen. So when you have a reward, mm-hmm. you can buy a reward. If I would have added risks, um, you would have had to also buy those off so that they didn't happen. But there was Got only it. one thing you needed to buy. So one success works. Got it. 
Do you get to pick the mark? Um, I believe you do. So I already have the like the Lichtenberg scars, static hair, and static touch. Oh, so yeah, so um, your so this mark that you gain um will be the mm-hmm. the last one you can have before mm-hmm. you're lost to your curse. Mm-hmm. All right, um, I'm gonna take erratic speech. That's gonna be fun. It's just what Virgil needs. Okay, yeah. So um, you rolled three dice. If you rolled doubles or triples like you did, you lose one trait die and gain another mark of your curse. Yep. Do I have to any trait I want? Yes, one of the ones that you rolled. All right. I'll lose another guile. Okay. Keep my weird. Yeah, and you can get those back. Um, well, you can start pulling from um, pulling from you know the dice pool that everyone has if you want to continue to do stuff um mm-hmm. you can also if you start um you can restore lost traits by pursuing your desire or dragging a skeleton out of the closet so that's ways to get dice back because we're still cool. not done for this episode this episode's gonna be a long one um mm-hmm. but lots of good stuff so you shake his hand and in doing so, you delve into his memory, and um, you are kind of... He is being sincere here. Um, right. He, he's not trying to mislead you or trick you or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What Are you looking for anything in particular? Um, yeah, like, uh, like the specific, like, memories that I had of him, like, like, um, like, like being, like being on the beach with him, memories of him, specific, like, like memories if I remembered him being like the curse of the burning heart, and obviously that's not correct. So I'm like, I'm trying to glimpse the memories that I have of him, um, through his point of view to see how they are different. Yeah, um, so the the memories are not totally false. Um, mm-hmm. You're not so they did happen. Um, the thing on the beach did in fact happen. Um, but as you kind of like piece it together, um, you you find that your brother, um, unlike this this big brash burning heart guy, um, he was a leader, but he was a lot more subtle in it. Um, he often wasn't in the spotlight because you know you were so smart, your sisters were so successful, stuff like that. He kind of like blended into the background, um, but he was a hard worker and always did his part. Um, and yeah, he's he's not like a bad guy or anything. He's yeah. just like oh, not yeah. quite what you remembered. Right. Now, the the other thing I would be specifically looking for is the the um, I guess the exchange that motivated me to cross the sound and investigate Tesla's tower that sparked my own curse. Um, I, I wanted to glimpse that. OK. Uh, to see if that kind of was similar or different in any way. Yeah. Um, so with that one, it's not totally dissimilar. Um you're kind of like the brains of the operation on that, though. It, it, it's really mm-hmm. that memory instead of him like kind of egging you on, like yeah, 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 let's do it. Um, you're that was something that you were really invested in and interested in, and your brother was going along with you um, to kind of try to help you out, but he wasn't. He was kind of like a little bit like oh, I don't know if we should be doing this, but he wanted to support and help his brother, so he Got went it. along with it anyway, and he was. Uh, very scared that you would be that you would get into trouble or you know something bad would happen um when the incident happened on the tower so yeah Vir- as virgil shaking his hand he kind of glimpses all of that and and um uh he releases his brother's hand and he has tears in his eyes and he goes 
I, 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 I know I won't remember it, but, 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 but I, I, I just needed to see. I needed to see what was different. Forgive me for prying. Um, he, at first he looked startled that his memory was kind of delved into, but then he, uh, looks very worried about you and he, uh, tries to lead you over to, um, to a chair to sit down. And at that point, JC walks in and this is, you know, right after your conversation with Gail, you coming back to the family room and, uh, he turns to you and says, how is she? She's upset. Uh. It's gonna be difficult, but hey, uh, we've, we've overcome worse, I think. I've not really read up on the family history, so I'll just assume here. Quick question. Um, does Jeremy even remember who he is? Um, so he left and, you know, kind of forgot. And when he came back into the room, I would say for the purposes of this scene, um, he kind of he kind of remembers that this is a family member who was uh, who was gone and they thought was dead and now is like actually not dead. So you, you remember like the feeling. Gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be tough. Um We'll we'll figure it out as we go. But yeah, how are you guys, Uncle Virgil? You don't look great right now. I, uh, d- 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 don't worry, young JC. I'll I'll be fine. Oh, I'm gonna worry. You can't stop me. <laughs> God, he went full wreck from Rick and Marty. <laughs> 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 Never go full wreck. Okay. <laughs> um so um he pats Virgil on the shoulder and uh, he goes and he kisses Penny's forehead um and uh he starts to make his way out of the room but he um and and with JC too as he passes he rests a hand on his shoulder and he says um goodbye. I know it may not seem like it, but I have cared about all of you more than you can know. And unless everyone's, anyone stops him, he's going to leave the room and shut the door behind him. Um, Virgil's going to watch him leave with tears in his eyes. As he, like, pats JC on, on the shoulder, JC will look at Penny and just mouth, who is he? <laughs> Penny is crying. My shoulder telling me he cares about me. I have no idea who this is. Um, Yeah, he shuts the door and uh, the memories of him fade. So, Gail, where do you go after JC heads back to the family room? Uh, So, Gail, still very distraught, um, goes up to um, Virgil's room and uh, grabs the family book. Um, Okay, yeah, so she goes up to Virgil's room. Um, after a little while, uh, the door opens and you see someone walk in. Um, this is a person who feels very familiar to you. 
and someone who, when you look at them, you feel your heart ache, but you're not totally sure why. You're not sure if they're like a ghost, if they're a real person, or like what's going on. Um, he walks over to you, and unless you stop him, he places a hand on your shoulder. Well, she would try and break away, but if uh, <laughs> if something happens when he touches her, then um, I guess something happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, as soon as he touches her... Um, she is pulled back into a memory. Um, what is a time from your childhood when you were with your parents? Yeah, with your dad or, like, your mom or both of them, one of them. Gosh, memories I have with dad. So, Gail has this memory from when she was very small. Mm-hmm. Um, mom was probably dealing with Penny or something. Um... Dad is uh, doing some work uh, down in that study where Alistair works now, and uh, Gail has been sent in there. Well, um, mom, mom deals with uh, whatever Penny happened to get into this this time, uh, and in this room, Gail feels very uh, overwhelmed and intimidated, uh, like she's afraid to touch anything. Yeah. Um, okay. So he is at his desk uh, with some papers, writing some stuff, and he. Uh, looks up and he sees you kind of like looking nervous and he kind of nods towards a chair and he says you can sit uh and she does so she she sits down where he says and uh but her shoulders are really tight she's all scrunched up um she's holding her hands trying to soothe herself just because she's afraid to do anything that might upset him um how old is gail um gail's probably like uh Five or six, maybe seven. Okay. Um, what grade is she in at school? That would be uh, first or second grade, I think. Um, so he uh, writes for a little bit, kind of like glancing up at her every once in a while, and then he puts his hand down and looks towards the door and back at her, and he says, uh, so you've you started school, um, kindergarten, yes? I was in kindergarten last year. And then he says, ah, that's, that's right, uh, it must be, must be Penny that I'm thinking of. Um, how, how, how are your studies going? Um, they're okay, I guess. Um, I've been working with math good good um he looks around the room and uh his eyes land on a portrait and uh, he points to it and he says do you know who that is and i don't think gail at this point would know who that is uh she shakes her head (laughs) it's a portrait of a man looking into a mirror and uh, he says, uh, that was Harlan Rookwood, um, my father, your grandfather. Uh, he, was a, he was a good man, very, uh, very soft-spoken, but he was good. Um, will we get to meet him? Uh, he shakes his head and he says, unfortunately, no, but if you ever want to feel close to him... Uh, we can always go to the family room. I can show you his mirror. Um, that's where we go to feel close to all of our family members who aren't with us anymore. Um, I don't like it in there. 
it's it's really scary. Um, he gets up at this point, and in, this is not usual behavior of your father. This is this is actually kind of unusual. Um, he kneels down and takes your hand, and he says, "It's just family. There's nothing to be afraid of." And then the memory fades. Um, and can you tell me? about um, a memory with one of Gail's uh, late suitors before Alistair. Um, so let me tell you about um, Paul. Uh, Paul is uh, Jeremy and Jameson's father. Um, Paul was uh, famously a landscape painter, and um, Gail has this memory of the two of them. Um, they're out on the water in a small boat, um, Paul's painting the beach as Gail watches. Um, the whole memory is very serene. Uh, she remembers especially the uh, the warmth on her skin from the sun. It's very uh, just just a warm, cozy feeling uh, in her in her memory. Uh, Paul eventually turns around to show Gail the the finished landscape, and she very you know carefully stands up to hug him and and looks at the painting. I am so excited to grow our family here. Me too, dear. I can't wait to meet our sweet sons. Have you started to think about names, Gail? I know how important they are for your family. Yes, but I wanted you to say your piece before having my uh, traditions thrust upon you. <laughs> You've taken to everything else so well, and um, I, I know it can be a lot. <laughs> it's all right, dear. If it's for you, I can handle it. But if I must pitch names first, I will do that. What about if we name them after my grandfathers? Either Abraham or Jeremy? <laughs> Abraham? That's no name for a tiny baby. <laughs> but Jeremy? I can see us watching over a small angel named Jeremy. <laughs> he was a strong man. He was a fisherman off the coast of Maine for the longest time, captain his own boat and everything. No one brought in fresher fish than he did. He was bright and brave, too. His name has the perfect legacy to give our boy. Now, what about his brother? You know, I read something in the newspaper the other day about a set of twins nearby, and they said the cutest thing. They both named their children with the same letter. They were Isabella and Irene. Two girls. How sweet. You want to do something similar with our boys? Do you think that'd be, um, inappropriate? I thought it might give them a chance to be close, since, uh, Penelope and I never really had that chance. Gail, our children would never grow up the way you and your sister did. They will grow up in a house filled with love and warmth. We won't give them the chance to be unhappy in this life. Um, and at his words, Gail smiles really warmly and rests her head on his chest. You're right, dear. They'll be the happiest kids in the neighborhood, and we'll be the happiest parents. Everyone will be able to feel how strong our love is. That's right, Gail. I love you. I love you too, Paul. And our babies, Jeremy and Jameson. And then the memory changes once more. Um... When is a time that Gail felt maternal? It felt who? 
Oh boy. Maternal. Maternal. Sorry, you cut out. And it sounded like you said, when's the last time Gail felt? And I was like, <laughs> that's, that's another that's question. When's the last time Gail <laughs> didn't feel? Question. <laughs> um, a time when she was maternal. Um, so there was this time just after the twins were born. Uh, there was a moment where Paul had to leave and uh, take care of something with his family. Um, so Gail has this first time where she's really been, like, home alone with the kids, and she's, like, just gotten them down. She has this moment of, like, gentle serenity. Uh, she's just breastfed her kids, they're both sleeping, she has this, um, opportunity to watch over them and have this realization that she's the one keeping her children safe right now. Um, she looks around the room and starts, uh, picking things up, making sure there's nothing around the kids, uh, can accidentally swallow or anything small because the house is, you know, old and falling apart and, and stuff like that. Uh, while she's looking, she finds something that is, uh, you know, either something one of Penny's birds brought in or maybe even something that, like, dad left for the kids. And Gail has this, um, moment of just absolute horror, right? Uh, she's like, where did this thing come from? Uh, this is going to hurt my children. I have to get rid of it. And without even thinking or, like, figuring out where it's come from, disposes of it. Yeah, um, she has that, that moment of horror and she disposes of it. And then she feels this sense of, like, accomplishment. Like, she, she protected her family. She did, you know, she did right by them. Um, and she is pulled out of the memory and uh there is you know you don't know it's dad but dad standing in front of you and you do the action that you were going to do before which is to brush his hand off um it's as if everything happened in a moment you're still going through the motions and he is standing in front of you and he says i'm sorry gail i want you to hold on to these memories to feel these things and do what is right. Who are you and how did you get into my house? The Rookwoods don't really fool themselves into thinking that they are the only ones occupying this house. Uh, she looks over him and um, obviously can't place him or anything. Um, if you don't get out of my house right now, I will call the police. <laughs> I am someone who cares about you, Gail. I want this to work. I want you to be safe. And I know that you feel the same way about Jeremy and everyone else who is still here. Just remember that. Remember that feeling. How do you know my son? I know you didn't always believe me. But I love you, Gail. And he goes to leave the room. Uh, Gail starts yelling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if she doesn't stop him, he, um, he leaves the room and Gail is, is yelling. And all of a sudden, um, something happens. So let me pop down downstairs real fast so I can get everyone up to speed. Um, does everyone disperse from the family room? Uh, after dad leaves? Uh, 
I think Virgil takes his time, but he does eventually. Okay. If yeah. JC does, he's going to be following uh, Alistair. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Penny also leaves. Yeah, Penny. Penny would have uh, sat for a bit in the room, taking like looking around for a little bit, and then she would have left. Okay. Yeah. Um. So JC follows Alistair out, and what happens? Uh. Hey, Alistair. You do you have a mo- yeah fuck do you have a moment? I suppose I have all the moments I have left, Jeremy. What can I do for you? Uh, so I'm not really good at these sort of things because, uh, well, for the most part, you marrying my mom, uh, was kind of just another inconvenience, uh, but you don't deserve what's basically being forced upon you and i want i want to offer you it's not an out but it's i guess it's a simpler a simpler option if you're willing to listen i i'm listening you you wrote or you were writing the books about us because you thought it was going to what like be be the thing that sort of shot you up in the whole psychology world, yeah? Essentially, yes. Does it have to be about us? Alistair thinks for a moment. I suppose not in the direct sense, no. I think I think if you're willing to, like, hear it out, there is a big opportunity available to you right now. It might not promote you in, like, the psychology world, because if you ever published the book, you would be probably ridiculed as some sort of uh, man who broke down uh, after diving too far deep into his research. But based on, like, the small amount of interaction that I had with the, the supernatural that we're supposed to fight... They they think they're sentient. They do things just like anybody else would do. You might not be able to be a famous psychologist, but you might be the only man possible of breaking into the minds of, well, monsters, really. I suppose it is a thought well worth considering. Thank you, Jeremy, for showing me a kindness. I've not really had uh, much of a father figure outside of uh, Virgil, but provided that you you make it through this with all your bits intact, we might be able to work on that. You don't honestly think I'm going to make it through this, do you? I think a lot's been said tonight that uh, has affected... Literally everybody in this house. I'm hoping you do. Because at the end of the day, uh, you're not a shitty dude. You just got a little too in it for the glory. And you don't have to get rid of that. 
And I'm hoping uh, that doesn't, I don't know, affect how you taste. I don't know how it works. But I'm hoping you don't get eaten, because that would admittedly suck right now. This is weird. I feel like I've shared too much, so I'm going to go. Um, okay, and with that, we are going to um, bop back to Gale. Um, so you are you are following this this man screaming. Um, uh, yes. Um, notably, I also have the the book still. With yeah, me. yeah. You still have the book. Um, okay, just making sure. <laughs> so you you have the book in your hands. Um, at this point, everyone he- hears Gale screaming upstairs. Uh, it sounds like she's kind of moving around. But before you can do anything, Gail, you feel something grab your ankle and pull, and your feet fly out from under you, and you land hard on the ground, and you are being dragged rapidly, faster than you can imagine, back towards the family room. Um, you see, you see dad standing there and you instinctively reach for him and he reaches for you but before you know it, you're around a corner and you forget that anyone was there at all um alistair after this conversation with jc as jc is leaving you also feel that same pull at your ankle and you're pulled also towards the family room and you see gail on your way and finally virgil you you feel that pull at your ankle well i i would imagine at this point virgil would only just now be like standing to leave the family and maybe not even have left yet because i I imagine virgil was gonna be the last one out of that room you've made your way out of it a little bit um and not very far but um Mm -hmm. you feel the same pull at your ankle you fall to the ground and uh all three of you get pulled into the family room and jc you weren't too too far so you hear um the laugh as the door to the room slams shut Hello listeners, I am your chronicler and host, Fiona L.F. Kelly. Get ready, this will be an extra long break because it's an extra long episode and we're in the last episode of our story. I cannot thank everyone enough for the amazing support we've gotten for the show. As I said in the first episode, this is the first game I've run as a GM, so I'm really pleased that everyone finds it so entertaining. The show would not be what it is without our absolutely stellar cast who perfectly understood my vision and molded the series into something that I am extremely proud of. Whenever I create a podcast, it's always something I assume that only my mom will listen to. And while my mom does listen to all my podcasts, I'm happy to report that lots of other people are listening too, which makes me very happy. And I'm even more happy to report that we've gotten an outpouring of support and positive feedback for the show. While this story may be ending, we still have plenty going on behind the scenes. And on that note, I have a couple of quick announcements, all of which are very, very fun. Keep an eye on our social media for the details, but by the time this episode is up, we should have Fables Around the Tables merch in our shop. You can find merch for this podcast and all of our podcasts at bit.ly slash derailed shop. And we'll be going to Gen Con. Gen Con is completely virtual this year, so you don't even have to travel all the way to Indianapolis to see us. 
On Friday, July 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll be performing a Rookwood one-shot set in the 1920s. Nick will be reprising his role as Virgil and will be joined by a number of other special guests. And finally, as I mentioned in the last episode, we'll be doing two retrospective episodes for the show. The first one will go up July 22nd. I'll be joined by my producer, Tom, and we'll be talking to Brian Bennett and Michael Addison, the creators of The Curse of the House of Rookwood. The second episode will feature a full cast and it will go up on July 29th. If you have any questions about the Curse of the House of Rookwood game, be sure to get them in by 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on July 18th. And if you have any questions for the cast or about the show, get them in to us by 5 p.m. July 24th. If you'd like to send in a question, you can tweet at us at TableFablesPod on Twitter or send them to us on Facebook or Instagram at Table Fables podcast. And we have some special guests this episode. Saker will be reprising his role as Elias Rookwood, the progenitor of the Rookwood family curse and resident Scary Tree Ghost. Saker is one half of the nerdcore rap group 2D6, and he can be found on the podcast It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast, at Been Done Pod on Twitter, and Tales of the Voidfarer. Also, if anyone was curious, the poem Saker recited at the beginning of this episode is Invictus by William Ernest Henley, which is both my favorite poem and very fitting for the end of the show. And we have friend of the show Alpha Riff playing Paul Chamberlain, Gail's late husband. Alpha Riff is a musician at the intersection of alternative hip-hop and progressive rock. You can find his Patreon at patreon.com slash alpha riff. On his Patreon, fans can join the Horsemen, a fictional organization in the digital champions world. They are in world radio broadcasts, trading cards with pixel art, and novels, as well as behind-the-scenes look at digital champion projects. You can also find him on Twitch at twitch.tv slash alpha underscore riff. He streams every Wednesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and he mostly plays RPGs where he adds in voice work. You can also follow him on Facebook and Twitter at alpha riff and YouTube and Instagram at Alpha Riff Music. And finally, Tom joins us again as Dad Rookwood, also known as Rookwood. Tom acts as a producer on the podcast Tales of the Voidfarer and is also my co-host on Big Streaming Pile, in addition to helping us produce this show. And as always, be sure to check out our cast and crew's other projects. Nick, Tom, and I are part of Project Derailed, the company behind this podcast. You can find lots of nerdy goodness at projectderailed.com, and you can listen to our podcasts on your favorite podcast listening platforms. Nick is the DM on the Spelljammer-inspired actual play podcast Tales of the Voidfarer, another project derailed podcast tales of the void fair will also be doing a one-shot live stream for gen con the cast which includes nick saker tanner and i will be joined by some special guests on saturday august 1st at 8 p.m eastern standard time you can follow tales of the void fair on twitter at void pod and facebook and instagram at void podcast you can find annie fable's own penny rookwood on instagram at two bookish babes which is soon to be a young adult literature podcast chelsea our very own gail rookwood runs an etsy shop with another dear friend of ours alex you can buy their gaming-inspired candles at etsy.com slash shop slash plot kindling candles or follow them on social media at Candles Plot. Garrett, aka Alistair LaVale, is part of the band Northern Weather. You can find them at northernweather.bandcamp.com or on Facebook as northernweather-oh. And finally, my producer Tom and I are on the Project Derailed podcast, Big String Pile. 
It's a podcast where we talk about bad movies on streaming services. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts and find us on Facebook under Big Streaming Pile Podcast or on Twitter at Big Stream Pile. And I have a lot of people to thank this episode, so strap in. There's a whole list. <laughs> thank you to Nick Garasiva, aka Virgil, for always enthusiastically jumping into every project we make at Derailed and for also giving a stellar performance as our favorite old man. Thank you to Chelsea Rexinger, aka Gail, for being the one to discover the curse of the House of Rookwood on Kickstarter and for creating almost all of the amazing art for the show. And of course, for breathing life into our wonderful and perfect matriarch. Hashtag Gail did nothing wrong. Thank you to Annie Kimmel, our very own Penny, for making me laugh during the editing of every episode with your absolutely savage roasts of your family members, and for also creating our precious and perfect Penny. Thank you to Dan Walker, aka JC, for being our favorite angsty teenage son and for figuring out all of my mysteries way too early and of course thank you to garrett kimmel aka alistair for allowing us to say your character's name a hundred different ways without complaint and for playing our fish out of water so perfectly and thank you to every single friend of ours who provided a voice for our npcs everyone blew me away with their performances and added so much to the show i have a list here i don't think i forgot anyone but if i did it's not a snub. I love everyone. They were all perfect. So thank you to Saker, Tanner Bivens, Tom Goldthwaite, who served as our producer and wrote and recorded our theme song, Kitty McClendon, Gil Ramirez, Anna Kolar, Willow, and Alpha Riff. And of course, thank you to Nerdy Pub Games, Brian Ben and Michael Addison for allowing us to run the Curse of the House of Rookwood for the first season of our podcast. They are the creative minds behind Rookwood, and without them, we wouldn't be able to bring this amazing game to you. And finally, for the very last thank you, thank you to all of our listeners who have stuck with us to the end. I sincerely hope that you have had as much fun listening as we have had creating this podcast. And with that, let's conclude our final episode of Fables Around the Table, Curse. And uh, the three of you are in the family room, and I will give JC and Penny, who does not see this but hears this, uh, a chance to react in just a second. All right. Okay. So... You get into the family room, um, all three of you are deposited basically in the center of it, and you're given a chance to at least uh, sit up as you feel um, the bruises that are already starting to form after the violent dragging that especially Gail got probably going like, you know, downstairs um, into this room. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um so uh, you're in there, and as you sit up, you see Elias um, sitting in that same chair that your dad and your brother and your father-in-law was sitting in earlier, but obviously you don't remember that at this point. Um, branches are protruding from his head, and you see them grow and continue to grow continuously until they're, sh they're sheltering the room in a great canopy that you're all under. Uh, all around the lines of the room are ghosts of former Rookwoods. Some of them you can see, some of them you can only feel. It reminds you of when you were in the boiler room, um, but now you see everyone that you've ever even heard of that was a Rookwood. Um, on the floor, there's flowers rapidly springing up and then receding, followed by a child's laughter that is only recognized by Virgil. It's easy to forget that you're inside the family room at all. It's as if Elias decided to hold court with you deep into the wilderness. Your father has been merciful to you, but I am made of something tougher. 
and he stands up and it's almost as if he's growing to this immense size. He's larger than a man really should be. And his gaze falls upon Virgil and he says, Virgil Rookwood, named after my eldest son, you have failed in every aspect of leadership. You have allowed yourself to become comfortable and selfish. You snidely blame others for the fall of the family while failing to take any sort of action yourself. And then he looks at Gail. The woman who fancied herself our matriarch. You don't even deserve your name. In your refusal of this family, you have failed the family. Tidying rooms and sweeping the supernatural under the rug, it's led to countless deaths. And you consider yourself a leader. The Rookwoods do not shy away from the strange. We are the strange. However, I don't expect you to grovel. I expect you to do what you've always done. And then his gaze falls on Alistair, and he smiles menacingly, and he says, I brought a snack if your hunger overtakes you again. We might as well weed out the weak while we still have a chance. After tonight, the Rookwoods will embrace our destiny again, this time under better leadership. Do not forget this. You will not be given the opportunity to fail us again. And Penny and JC, after hearing and seeing this, what are you doing? I'm still pretty close to the uh, to the family room, yeah? Yeah. Uh, there, There's like a fireplace in the family room, correct? Oh, fuck, no, I'll just go through a mirror. Okay. I don't need doors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so I will give you the chance to transport into a mirror. Um, it will be hard. Okay, um, so JC, I will give you, um, so you, you might do it, you know, you might get in, um, nice. you also might fail and go through a mirror in the upstairs bathroom, putting you farther away from where you want to go. And, um, um, and this also might put you into a bad position. Um, you would, you know, by doing this very quickly, um, you run the risk of basically, you know, jumping through and falling on your head. <laughs> so you have two risks and one reward that you need to buy off for this to work. Uh, okay, how, 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 how exactly does that work? So you would need to roll three successes. Oh, Fiona, that's not good. That's bad. That's hard. Okay, um, I'm gonna... Yeah. I'll I'll spend I'll I'll use two weird and a and a guile. Okay. Cause you know, hopping through a mirror is pretty supernatural. Uh uh Okay, um I got on my I got two successes, no doubles. Okay. Um Okay. Uh I got a success so... on my guile and a success on my weird. Okay. So you are able to buy... Do you have any doubles or anything? No, I got a two, a six, and a five. Okay. Um, which one did you roll the six on? Uh, on my weird. Okay, so that actually counts as two successes. So you are able to get in there how you wanted to. Because a six okay. on weird, because this is a supernatural thing, so a six on weird because it's a weird skill gets you in there. And you land how you want to. Uh, 
Yeah, so so uh, I, I assume that because there's a fireplace, there's also like like fire pokers and stuff, like things to like mess with the mess with the on fire wood. That way, you don't have to physically touch it. Um, uh, I so okay. So you're in the room now. Let me jump to Penny. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Penny, what are you doing? When you say that we hear it, you mean that we hear every baby dragged through the house, right? Yeah, so you hear you hear Gail screaming, and then you hear um, three distinct thumps and the dragging, and I imagine um, some additional screaming along the way. You can kind of triangulate that with your knowledge of the house to know that something is going down in the family room. Um, I'm going to run to the family room and... Uh... I'm going to assume that the door was, like, basically locked after them. Try to shoulder my way in. Um, You can open the door, but if you try oh. to get through, you have an unseen force pushing back against you. I I would try to get in, because I'm... Okay, Um. so this would be a bronze skill. Um, let me look. So you might be able to do it um or you might get hurt from you know so many things pushing back on you um so would i be i would i be rolling two or one you can choose how many you roll so if you want to roll three dice um you can do that and you know get get a higher chance of rolling um of rolling the number of you know successes that you need to buy off the risks and rewards um but the risk that comes with that is that you know you could if you roll doubles you could you could lose dice too i'm actually just gonna roll two um because i'm not doing anything like supernatural i'm just really trying to get into the room okay currently um so i'm gonna roll my uh, brawn and a guile okay and i have two successes you have two successes. Okay. Um, so you are able to buy off both those things and um, force your way into the room. Okay. And then I will let you all kind of help me narrate what happens now that everyone is in here. Um, but I will let Gail go first with what she wants to do. Uh, yeah. So Elias is still like, we can still see him, correct? Yes, you can still see him. Okay. So... Gail, holding the book, would like to stand up very defiantly against him, right? Uh, she's still, like, um, very noticeably distraught, uh, and she she holds the book up to him and says, uh, You've never done anything to protect this family like I have. Let me, let me show you what I think of where you've led this family. Uh, and she takes the book and she eats it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I believe that that is using your curse. Um, That's correct. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you you might do it. Roll some dice. <laughs> this is this is fairly easy for Gail. She's she's accustomed to this. Yeah. Launch. Right. So I'm using Take two weird and one brawn because I want this to look as gnarly as possible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, and I have two successes. Yeah, so uh, tell us what happens. So she takes the book and her face starts to just just distort and stretch, right? Because this is like a book and I'm imagining it's like mm -hmm. a player's manual. So it's like a pretty 
like wide book and yeah. uh so the process is just like visceral and gnarly and the sounds are just really gross and awful as she just mouths down on this book and eventually just completely swallows it yeah the ghosts get uh notably agitated as this happens uh yeah as she does that like virgil goes Gail, no uh but obviously can't really do anything to stop it i imagine it's not a <laughs> it, it it happens. What's in your mouth? Spit it out. <laughs> okay. Um so then Elias is going to laugh and step towards Gale. <laughs> a, a book. After all this, a book. And uh, you get the feeling that he's, like, taunting you at this point. Um, And we are still in the family room with, like, all the other stuff, right? Yep. Oh, no. It's a buffet. <laughs> okay, Gail knows what she must do. <laughs> what do we have that's closest? <laughs> well, oh, hopefully it's not the God. mirror JC's about to step through. Uh, oh no! I would say that JC is not what? going to be um, impeded by by Gail eating a mirror. That, though that yeah. would be hilarious. I step out the mirror and I'm like missing parts, and I'm like, "What did you do?" <laughs> okay. So what's closest to you? Um, there's a lot of stuff that's blocked right now. Um. You do see on the mantle, um, yeah, you see, um, you see rib cages, and inside these rib cages are, uh, stuffed ravens, and you know that these are, um, these are people, these are Rookwoods who have had, uh, Curse of the Ossery, um, that they've had ravens put inside of them, uh, due to, uh, due to an action that, that the first Jameson Rookwood took for, uh, for one of the Penelope Rookwoods. Uh, they honor it by having in the rib cages to honor them a little stuffed raven, one of the ravens that the Rookwoods have, uh, have raised. Uh, she goes over to it and she tries to mow down on that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is she doing this by, like, grabbing it with her tongue? Because there are, like, ghosts in the way. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, yep, we're in full monster mode now. <laughs> so, you, you can do that, um, but you might also have one of these ghosts grab your tongue and stop you. And, oh, God. And, <laughs> and, and that okay so you uh, so you would do that you could do it you could have a, a ghost grab your tongue and stop you and they might hurt you in the process so those are the three things you need to buy off all right uh um all right excellent so i have one success okay so um i think that logically you can buy off that they hurt you but um but they're, you know, that these are both um, a Jameson Rookwood, um, fittingly, uh, um, oh. and one of the ghosts will still grab your tongue and uh, smile at you. And you know that people with Curse of the Ossery um, can be at times sort of, sort of menacing. So I'm sure that you worry about what that could mean because um, these ghosts are, you know, agitated and they might attack. 
Good. <laughs> All right. What's everyone else doing? Yeah, Virgil is now like hoisted himself to his feet rather wobbly and um he's going to try and um i guess try to reason with gail he's gonna go gail what 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 is it do you think you're trying to accomplish here you're going to get yourself killed and uh gail probably just like glares because her tongue is being held out of her mouth and can't really yeah. respond right now um so jameson rookwood the first who has your tongue he is going to um he's going to attempt to pull you towards him um but he might let go of your tongue in the process nice because it's slippery okay that is Ew. uh that is one success so he does not pull you closer but he still has a hold of your tongue Okay, <laughs> this is the worst game of uh, tug of war I've ever played. <laughs> um, Alistair is not going to get up. He's going to try to tuck himself kind of into a corner and try and stay away from this confrontation as much as possible right now. The Jerry Smith from Rick and Morty method. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. I just kept crawling and it just kept working. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. That. No one no one's stopping you from doing this, though you are you are in fact able to do that unless one of the player characters decides to stop you for some reason, but you can do let that. The man rock, let the man cower. Penny is Penny is going to try to go forward and pull Gail back by her arm. Okay. Uh, saying, Gail, stop it. Stop it right now. Like, admonishing her. Um, <laughs> like, stop it. <laughs> you you can try, and it might work. Or you might hurt Gail because someone is holding onto her tongue. So you would have to buy off that... How would that work? I'm trying to logically think now. Okay, so you you would stay in the same place, basically. Um, so it, if you only get one, you stay in the place, the same place. Um, if you get no successes, you pull, and that hurts Gale. Um, if you get both successes, you can pull away, pull her away, and she's okay. Okay, so I'm going to again roll a Guile and a Brawn. Okay. Um. I'm not really trying to hurt my sister. I'm trying to get her to stop, so... Okay. And that's two sixes, actually. Two sixes. Okay, so, um, yeah, so on your brawn, that would have been, you know, that would have been three successes. Um, you did roll doubles. Yeah. So um, I lose a die, right? <laughs> yeah, so you, you risk exhaustion with losing, with rolling doubles, is, is that... And okay. that means, yeah, I th yeah. So you're able to do that, um, but you lose one of your dice. That's what exhaustion means. Okay. All right. Okay. So everyone, keep track of what dice you're you're using, and also keep track of how you gain dice back. Um. Okay. So yeah, you're able to uh, pull Gail back. Um, you manage to pull her in such a way that um. Jameson, you know, ends up letting letting go of her tongue, um, but it's still, you know, out distended in front of her, um, and you're able to Gross. pull her away from what she was about to eat in the family room. 
and uh, you hear some maniacal laughter as you do so. I'm going to turn to the ghost in the room and say, this isn't doing anything. This isn't going to convince her suddenly to help. It's just angering her. Um, Elias laughs and says, she's already made up her mind, Penelope. So that's it. You just give up on her. And I'm going to turn to Gail. Gail, you need to pull yourself together right now. Uh, so now that I'm on the other side of the room, what's close for Naming? So you were pulled. Yeah, Penny's close for Naming. Um, oh God. We we have enough wits about us that we're not going to eat Penny okay. just yet. <laughs> so you were pulled away from the fireplace, like the mantle, and um, is there one of those statues nearby? Like, um, let's do something impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're, yeah, um, so you're you're pulled. You're pulled away. Um, above you are, uh, you can see poking through um, Elias's, you know, branches that are coming from his head. You can see the, the nooses hanging from the laughters. And you actually see uh, the ghosts in them of Thomas and Jeremy Rookwood um, both watching down. Um, you also see the gargoyles, uh, you know, around the room. And there's one by you that's by a window. Um, also, you can try to just somehow devour the stained glass window uh um oh is the one that i think dad is nearby um so the one that you think dad is is not there oh it's not oh well then um whatever gargoyle is closest i like to lunch for that guy so what probably happens is you like think that there's another one there and then you like go towards it and get the one that's like closest to it if you were specifically trying to eat your dad's gargoyle Okay. So, um, so yeah, you can attempt to do this. Um, you would be lunging towards right. uh, Penelope okay. Rookwood the second, and you can try to nom her. Um, you can, as you're pulling, you know, as you're pulling it though, you you also run the risk of um, it just hitting your sister Penny and hurting her, or you know, hurting yourself as you yank it towards towards you because it's a big gargoyle so you have three different things you need to buy what did we get um so i have a five and six on my weird and a not success on my third guy <laughs> um so you know your three things were that you risk hurting yourself you risk hurting penny and uh, you do it so what do you want to do yeah so i'm able to push penny away probably to the ground um pretty pretty hard it's it's probably very jarring for her um then um with the just power of pure desire uh i just start chomping into the statue and there's the sound of like rocks getting torn apart and crumbled and the whole thing is just really Ugh. horrifying as gail swallows giant pieces like even way bigger than the book she just swallowed and the whole site is just yeah, it's absolutely horrible to watch, and just in uh, in no time at all, the whole statue, the whole the whole thing is just devoured and gone. <laughs> yep, it's uh, it's pretty delicious. <laughs> Gail, uh, a ghost comes flying at you and attempts to hurt you pretty good. 
and da, 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 they could miss or they could hit you. Um, the ghost that is flying at you is Penelope Rookwood the second, who is uh, not happy with what's going on to uh, her remains. <laughs> so that is two successes. Um, so Gail, you lose a dice. You are uh, you're able to eat the statue, but you get you know you get knocked over by a ghost who's now very angrily trying to hurt you. Um, and it's as if she, it, it's almost as if she's real. Like you feel the coldness, but um, she is certainly tangible. I'd like to do I'd like to do a thing. Okay. Uh, um, so like to after he's done. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Virgil, uh, Virgil is, is visibly angry now. Um, and, uh, he is, um, I want to like electricity crackling in my hand. Uh, I'm going to like flex my hand downward and it's going to extend into a blade of like hardened arcing electricity. Um, I'm not going to do anything with it yet, but I am, uh, I want to summon it basically. Yep. So I do it. And as I do it, I, I kind of turn to Elias and say, what, what, what is this? What, what is this supposed to be accomplishing? I've already admitted my faults and have vowed to help set it right. Um, and I'm holding the, the electrical blade menacingly, but then I turn to Gale and I say, Gale, you're being ridiculous. Is this the hill you really want to die on? Because that is the way it's going. And I I kind of just stand there waiting for a response from either of them. Yeah. Um, Dan, you wanted to do something at the same time? Yeah. Uh, so uh, having picked up on the fact that the, the ghosts seem to be uh, of the opinion that forcing... Uh, the people who are uncomfortable with, with doing the whole monster hunting business uh, into the position of do it or die, uh, and the uh, and the the people, uh, well, mostly just Gale, are of the opinion that uh, uh, they'll they'll die on their own terms, I guess. Yeah. Um, JC's just gonna walk, grab his mat or grab his his mirror with his own little like making sure he's reflected in it. So, uh, this is tense, so how about we compromise? Cause that'll go great. Uh, Penny's not married, it's unlikely that, you know, there will, uh, as of right now, I am the, the only person capable of passing on the, the Rookwood name and the curses by proxy. Cause Virgil's far too old. Mom's done having kids, and and Penny's not married yet, so it's just me. You guys, and he'll, like, gesture to the ghosts, you guys want us to pick up the whole monster hunting business, uh, and he'll, like, wave a hand over to Gale, and, and kind of Alistair. These ones are sort of not super willing, so we're gonna compromise. Uh, you're gonna stop killing them. Uh, and you two are gonna, are gonna think about, you know, the whole thing and really give it some thought. Cause if you don't, I'll headbutt my own mirror, shattering my brine inside of it. There's no family without me here, huh? Elias will, will laugh at what, um, JC has said, and he says, You have the Rookwood spirit, boy. And he looks at, uh, Virgil, and he says, Gail is doing this to herself. Her destruction cannot continue. 
If you can control her, by all means do it. She is tearing the family apart. Either you control her, or we will. Alistair, having just seen Gale get hurt, feels something that he has not felt in years. Arousal. (laughs) Well, he's got some kinks. (laughs) Oh dear. He is going to stand and yell, Enough! Gale! Stand down! I cannot bear to see you get hurt more. Um, so Penelope, this does get Penelope the second's attention, and, uh, she, after her attack with Gale, she's still, like, hovering over her, um, and you see next to her any Rookwoods who know the family history would know that her wife Renee is standing next to her and places a hand on her shoulder, and they are both looking at Vir- or not Virgil, Alistair. And what does Gale do? Um, so Gale gets up, and, um... Does Renee have a thing in here? Uh, Renee is not a Rookwood, so she's buried out in the back gardens. Jesus, Gail. Um, so Gail's being told to stand down by Alistair. Um, Virgil has been yelling at her. Uh, Penny mm-hmm. has been yelling <laughs> at her. <laughs> I mean, your son just, like, threatened to kill himself. Yeah. Um, and, I, did, yeah. I did do that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, JC is basically like, hey, all of you stop. Ghosts basically fuck off and stop trying to kill people. Uh, people consider the whole monster hunter thing. Like, actually give it a thought before the ghosts of our family kill you. Uh, cause if you, if neither of you agree to those terms, uh, I'm going to shatter the, uh, the mirror with my reflection and it doing irreparable damage to myself. Oh, well, we can't have that. (laughs) Uh, Gail is going to try and approach JC and uh, wiggle the mirror out of his hands. Okay. Um, So you can try to take the mirror from him, um, but you might hurt him in the process. Okay, and as a caveat, I would like to swallow this at the end if that uh, changes the role or anything. Don't eat my mirror. That's symbolic. (laughs) 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 yeah but if i eat it you can't i mean not with that mirror (laughs) okay so all right um all right awesome okay um i got two successes okay six on the weird dice um i i will give because this this doesn't like super do well yeah okay so you you grab the mirror and you have it um, before you're totally done swallowing it. So it's like still in your mouth. I guess I'll give JC the chance to grab it back <laughs> real fast. But you do have it. You do have it like in your mouth ready to go. Um, oh, and JC, right. um, you can try to grab the mirror back, but you might hurt yourself in the process. She might bite down um, on you as well. Uh, can I... Uh... Can I try to uh, convince her otherwise? 
yeah, th- th- that wouldn't be a role. That would just be, you know, I'll, I'll give you the chance before Gail fully swallows it to, you know, to try to talk her out of it. And I'll let Gail kind of decide how much time that allows before she just swallows. But there is like a second where JC, I think, can get a plea in. Yeah, uh, yeah. he'll just go, there's plenty of mirrors in here. It's not going to shatter by the time it's in your stomach. It wouldn't take me much to just hop through one and end up there. I hate to do this to you, but do you really want to eat another kid? Mm. Well, swallow it. <laughs> <sighs> um, but when he says that, um, he can tell it's not like a determined um to prove you wrong swallow. It's more like a um she's shocked and, and touched by the words and she doesn't know what to do, so it's like a um a reflexive swallow. What's JC gonna do? <laughs> well, now I don't know. Okay. I, guess, I guess I guess I'll just sit there, like stand there with like a genuine sort of stunned, like, well, that that wasn't even a consideration for how that would go. Oh fuck! I have an idea. Um. Okay. Uh, so it says that I can, uh, I can steal someone's reflection and wear it as my own. Okay. Uh, is that, is that a current reflection or does it have to just be like a person I've seen before? Um, I'll let it be just, just, yeah, I'll let it be just someone you've seen before. Okay. I, uh, uh, JC, like, just disappears for a moment, and I'm gonna try to look like my dead brother. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I'm gonna roll two guile and one weird. Uh, okay, I got, uh, one success. That's probably fine. (laughs) I mean, the word... Yeah, worst case scenario. I'm stealing a reflection. Uh, if I fuck up, I'll probably just, like, it'll be like JC's body, but with, like, a toddler face. Okay. Um, so, yes, uh, Jeremy, you successfully turn into your twin brother Jameson, um, as a toddler, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a frame. I Presumably we would look similar, but, like, yeah. I don't want to just be like, how the hell is this guy supposed to look? Yeah, you you look like yourself, but slightly different. Yeah, you you turn into Jameson. Yeah. Uh, and and it'll just be a, don't do this again. The voice I imagine doesn't change, so it's like a toddler body, but like a seventeen-year-old's voice. <laughs> it's very disorienting. So Gail, upon seeing and hearing this, um. She's very horribly, just horribly distraught. Like, she was upset before, and now it is just oh, no. <laughs> so apparent. She is just unhinged. Um, so Gale now, having snapped, is now fight or flight Gale. Uh, <laughs> everything is bad, nothing is good, and the only way to save the family is to destroy the family. Mm. Oh no. Oh no. Full there Thanos. No more and, uh, <laughs> while the ghosts are like super spooky and scary and stuff, the uh, 
The most terrifying thing in the room is the uh, electricity flowing uh, through the floorboards. <laughs> that can hurt my sweet baby boy. <laughs> There's no, it's not, it's not in the floor. It's, it's in my hand. Right, but she hears the uh, He's charging up a super like, attack through the the floorboards. Okay. Uh, so she turns to the verge, and um, she'd like to go for him and try to uh, uh, swallow that. Don't my hand. grandpa. <laughs> okay. Um, Good. So, <laughs> uh, gosh, for people trying to do it at the same time, um, I will let Gail is you know the one who's initiating, so I will let you get to his hand. Um, so you could get to his hand, get your tongue around his hand, um, but the lightning might zap you because it's, it's lightning. <laughs> right, because lightning. So it, w- it would be a matter of, um, if you can get your tongue far enough up his arm, basically, to not hurt yourself in the process. Right. She fails and her tongue is all, like, numb. I got a one, five, and six. Okay. Uh, was your six on your weird dice? It sure was. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you're able to get your tongue onto him. And, uh, Virgil, what do you do? Um, I'm attempting, because it's, it's, my hand is holding this blade made out of, like, like almost hardened electricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I would imagine her tongue wraps around my wrist. And I'm going to attempt to basically follow that tongue back and stab her through her face. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, Jesus. <laughs> so she's, uh, she's attacking me. I'm not holding back. Like yeah. this, clearly not going to be reasoned with at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, we tried. So you could do that, um, but you might hurt JC, who is still by her in the process. Okay, so... Um, Just from, you know, electricity sparking off, you could also hurt JC because he is still pretty close to her. Got it. Um, so you need two successes to get both things. If you don't care about hurting JC, you only need one success. I do care about hurting JC. Um, Thank God. I'm going to do a supernatural effort. Okay. Um, I have not had good luck with these. Uh, yeah. So, but I'm rolling one guy to weird... Which is all the dice I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh no! Did you roll doubles? I did, in fact. Um, and that's what? and that's two sixes. Um, one one six on my weird, one six on my guile. So um, okay, so I'm going to narrate what happens um, based on what I've talked to Chelsea about and what I've talked to Nick about. Um, so this does, in fact, work. Um, Gail, having basically lost it at this point, is, you know, just attacking anyone who's around as these ghosts look on. Um, although they have stopped attacking her based on uh, Jeremy and Alistair's pleas and uh, and Penny's as well. Um, as she gets a hold of Virgil, he goes to attack her. Um, lightning shoots through the air. It's electric. Everyone's hair is practically standing on end. And he goes full force towards Gale to try to, to you know, to get her off of him. Um, and then there's a burst of electricity that blinds everyone for a moment. And when they awake, everyone, the ghosts are gone. 
everyone is a little worse for wear. Um, electricity is still in the air. It feels like everything you touch just, you know, zaps you. And um, there's still little bolts of electricity in the corners of the room. But where Gail and Virgil were standing is now dust, as they have both succumbed to Virgil's curse at the same time. Or so you can reason, because you weren't able to actually see it. Um, but you feel you feel your hair, you know, on your arms, everything is certainly standing on end. And uh, what does everyone do? The room is a little bit worse for wear right now. There's, uh, there's lightning marks, you know, in the floor and in the ceiling, um, radiating from the spot where Gale and Virgil have passed on. After Alistair collects his bearings and gets a sense of what's happened and realizes that Gale and Virgil are gone. He's going to stand, sort of dust himself off, nod to Penny and JC and say, Penelope? Jeremy? Goodbye. And he walks out of the room. And he is going to attempt to go pack his stuff and leave immediately. Um, yeah, you you pack your stuff. Um, when you go into room, you see uh, Kelly Rookwood sitting there just watching you. She doesn't stop you. Um, she's just watching you, smiling softly. I, um, I will, I, I'll say something to her because okay. I would have, I would have remembered reading about her in the book, I believe. Yes, yes. Actually, do I remember her fate? What happened to her? Yeah, uh, yeah, you know that she is um, under the floorboards in the basement. Okay. You may be forever with this family, but not me. I am sorry for what befell you, but I'm going to make it better for us. But in your memory, I will make it. I will live through this. Um, she smiles at him. It's a very warm, genuine smile, and she disappears. Um, Alistair packs his things, and when he gets down to the foyer, there's probably a moment of fear that he won't be able to open the door, but the door's open for him. And I leave and never look back. What, uh, in the immediate aftermath, what are Penny and JC doing? Well, Penny, um, seeing everything that was about to happen with Virgil and Gail was about to, um, call on her ravens and crows to form a shield around JC. So they might actually be coming in soon. But once she realizes exactly what happens, her immediately, she, and, like, after Alistair leaves, she immediately moves to JC to make sure that he is actually okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, your birds were were on their way into the room um, to shield JC, and you immediately rush over to him. Um, he's, you know, probably a little bumped and bruised, but he's okay. If he's fallen, I'm going to help him up. And Are you sure you're okay? I mean, physically, yeah. Just watched my great uncle uh, vaporize my mom. <laughs> yeah. Could probably have a 
to talk with the school counselor about that, but uh, <laughs> I I think I uh I think I'll pass. Yeah, in memory of your mother, we should probably abstain from that conversation with the school counselor. Go look at more ink blots. Yeah. Um, I I am going to go. She's honestly just at a loss for words. She can't, now that she's sure that JC is physically okay, at least she can't stop staring at the spot mm-hmm. where it happened. Mm-hmm. And she is just, she's processing. She's in shock, honestly. Yeah. Does anyone else have anything that they want to do? Uh... So they're like they're like one dust pile, yeah. Um, I I will say that you can you can kind of discern some bones. They're mostly dust, um, but there are some skeletal pieces left. Um, uh, bits here and there that you can probably make out like was Virgil or was Gale. Okay. Um. Uh. Uh, so it, it was it was common knowledge that Virgil had like an offshoot of a previous curse, correct? Yes. Uh, what 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 was like the commonplace? Or like, okay, actually, this will be a better question for you, Nick. Um, mm-hmm. uh, would would Virgil have ever like spoken about uh what his like ideal plans were to do with his remains? Um, I don't think so, because. I know, uh, but but honestly, like considering that like his curse was entirely new, that he wasn't a monster hunter. Like he he kind of assumed he would die to his curse eventually, but it wasn't he wasn't like expecting to at any time. It yeah. was kind of like you know he should have he should have filled out his his last rites, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then all, kept putting it off. Uh, <laughs> so you do know that. Um, the family likes to somehow make their mark in the room, and the room is certainly marked by these, you know, lightning bolts into the floor. Like, the, the room is, like, pretty permanently damaged, um, but still standing. Okay, um... And there is, like, you know the Burning Heart, which is uh, similar to what Virgil have? They put people in urns. Um, you know what Gale had? Uh, they take jawbones and save them. Okay, um... There's not really that. Uh, Virgil, uh, because, like, <sighs> um, <laughs> weird question, is the inside of a, like, like, the part that, uh, that holds the actual lamp, is that hollow? What do you mean? Like, if I were to break off the, the part of the lamp that, like, connects to whatever, like, the, the decorative base is, uh, to where, like, the, the, the framework that holds the light bulb is, is that inside hollow? There's like wires and stuff. Um, okay. Uh, the inside of a lamp is like an urn for electricity. So. So you're putting. Uh, I like that. That's that's yeah. nice. Um, Wait, you dump out your lava lamp and put him in. There. <laughs> <laughs> you mix him in. Yeah. <laughs> Got to bring the lava lamp back. Yeah. yeah okay. There you go, Uncle Bridge. Um, and then. Uh, uh, I I don't know if she would have talked about it, but uh, Jeremy's at least almost certain that like, uh, when uh mom died, she probably would not have want to have been put in the family room. 
Yeah, um, there is a family cemetery in the back if you want to kind of like gather her remains there. Um, in the family room, you do know that there that the lamps on the wall um, are part of another Rookwood, um, one who had Curse of the Ironmonger. So if you you know, put them in there. You could mark where uh, where Virgil is. In addition to, I think it was Elizabeth Rookwood, but I'd have to look again. Yeah, that 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 seems fitting because like the the lamps are probably one of the things in the room that like Virgil probably. Uh, yeah, they were the first electric things in the room. Yeah, uh, so that that probably had some sort of sentimental meaning to him. Uh, mm-hmm. And then and then for Gail, uh, we'll just. She'll she'll be like whatever physical remains there are. It'll be buried off the property, and then like her ashes will just like go down to the to like the shore one day and scatter them. Because, uh, d- despite their misgivings, I'm not gonna force her to be a just right. another dead rookwood in a room. Right. I like she'll it. she'll escape it even in death, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll assist Jeremy with. JC with whatever he needs help with okay. and cleaning up our dead family members. Yeah, um, so you two do the morbid task that many Rookwoods have uh, undertaken before you and uh, find ways that would honor your relatives, um, your loved ones, and keep a memory of them forever. Um, as you think about the night, you think about you know, uh, all the horrible things that have happened, the argument that you had, uh, you know, with your other family members, like it feels like Virgil and Gail are still here just in the other room, but uh, you know that they're not. Um, So as the crescent moon sinks lower and lower in the sky, it's eventually replaced by the cold and unrelenting October sun. The remaining members of the Rookwood family do their best to clean up after the night's events, knowing that this tragedy will not be the last that their family will face. Penny goes back to her room, the events of the night still weighing on her mind. However, as much as her mind and heart is still racing, sleep beckons. Her eyes are half closed and her mind is clouded with exhaustion as she enters her room. She almost doesn't notice that anything's different. Just before she's about to get into bed, she notices something new on her shelf. She can name every single one of her trinkets, so she knows that what she sees there was not there before. She goes over to investigate. She picks up a a small jar filled with copper coins. She goes over to her bed and dumps out the jar. The coins are all pressed pennies with different designs. She sees some coins commemorating events and conventions around New England for the past century. However, others are simply designs. Uh, Many include ravens embossed into the metal. One in particular catches her eye. She picks it up to take a closer look. The design is intricate, almost too delicate to come through on the small copper coin. Around the border of the coin are birds perched atop tree branches. Across the middle, the coin bears a single word. Rookwood. Nineteen years later. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so um, for the next 20 years, um, normally in this game, we would jump to the next generation. Um, We are not going to do that. We are just going to end. But let's say what happens to the surviving characters for the next 20 years. And actually, uh, does Gail or Virgil reappear as ghosts at all? I was just thinking about that. Um, in fact, I think 
uh, it's it's actually a regular occurrence to see Virgil, especially during thunderstorms on rainy, thundery mm-hmm. New England nights, uh, you know, just kind of strolling the halls with various instruments in his hand, humming to himself, um, conducting whatever experiments he would have been conducting in life um, uh, on those nights uh, where electricity still hangs in the air. I like it. Um, does Gail come back at all? Well, with Gail's remains not being at the house, she's probably like not. Um, she there. can she can have her ghost around if she wants. She finally escaped. I, I, I yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that it's necessarily tied to to their remains. But if you don't want Gail to appear at the house, then she won't. Right. Yeah. Um. I guess though, if anything, really, she's probably still trying to haunt Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. She'll, oh, no. she'll just like <laughs> pop up every once in a while just to make sure he's still on task. Uh, make sure he's still right, safe. Yeah. All right. Um, Alistair, for the next twenty years, what are you up to? You've just had this kind of bad couple of weeks. So, what's the next <laughs> oh, two decades look that, like? That's, <laughs> bad. That's, that's one way of putting bad it. Bad is so mild. Um. Alistair would have hopped a plane back to England quite quickly. Okay. Um, ah, fuck the after states. After probably upwards of a year or so of trying to process everything, um, sort of drinking through the nightmares, perhaps, um, he will begin writing poor fiction stories. Okay. Some of which detail a man who can conjure lightning. A woman who eats her family. A boy who passes through mirrors freely. And another woman who calls ravens at her leisure. Of course, changing all the names and not basing it in New Haven, Connecticut. I imagine that he would perhaps be a moderate success and live out his years. Yeah, you have like a cult following, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, um, and probably because you know that this stuff is all real now, you, you notice things that you probably haven't before, you know, not necessarily like putting yourself in mortal danger, but just like weird stuff sort of takes on a new meaning for you, I would imagine. Gives him more fuel. Yeah, I imagine yeah. he is very, um, very cautious and more or less of a recluse and uh, tries to live out his time alone and behind the safety of his own door and a nice bottle of scotch. Yeah. No book signings. No book signings, yeah. No book signings. <laughs> um okay, so Penny and JC are remaining Rookwood family members. Um what what's the next twenty years look like? Well, I think that Penny would have taken up the mantle of the family and tried to um, do what she was given. And hopefully she was able to reach out to some distant relatives to find out more training-wise and get JC on better ground. Um, yeah, she you're did- able to, not, not necessarily relatives, but you are able to uh, look through old family files and find other monster hunting groups that are more than willing to fill you guys in. Um, she definitely doesn't smother JC. She helps him in the ways that she can. Um, at one point, she definitely would have tracked down Alistair to make sure that he's not 
trying to out the family. Yeah. Um, she would have, she probably would actually follow his career just to be sure. Um, but seeing that he's just piddling it as fiction, (laughs) uh, she's, she, she's pretty confident that he's not going to be an issue for the family. Um, I don't think she would have actually ever married or had her own kids. Uh, she would have taken on the role of supporting JC without completely smothering him. But she would have also tried to take on the role of being the matriarch of the Rookwood family and the Rookwood Manor. Like that. Uh, JC, what are you up to as you move into, uh, teenagerdom into middle age yeah um uh it probably takes him uh like a good little bit to uh uh he's probably self-destructive for a little bit given everything that happened yeah um but once he comes out of that uh uh there there is the sort of inherent uh duty to uphold uh as as a rookwood as a monster hunter um, but at that point for Jeremy, it's, it's no longer like, oh, well, like, a bunch of ghosts said that I have to do this, uh, and when people said no, my mom and great uncle died. Uh, now it, now it's more so like, probably like immediately after he, he sort of got out of his self-destructive funk, he like, tore through the family library, uh, as quickly as he could and learned as much as he could, uh, and then probably spent, like, a good long while trying to uh, track the origins of the curse down to, like, break it. Because it, yeah. it took, quite frankly, just about everything from him. Yeah. If people want to be monster hunters, that's fine, but that's a choice. It's not something that's going to be burdened on people anymore. Right. Um. Yeah, and Penny and JC probably um, a couple years after the events that, you know, have occurred here, you go into the family room one day and um, you find a body of someone who seems familiar, but you aren't quite sure who he is. It's a it's an older man. He's just in the room. Um, he fucking died in our family room. <laughs> 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 uh, what, what do you guys do? How do you react to that? Um, I mean, we're obviously going to be completely shocked because we don't recognize him. Yeah, you don't know who it is. Um, There's something about him that seems familiar um, and almost like hurts your heart to look at him, even though you've experienced uh, traumatic things before. Um, But yeah. I I mean, realistically, he probably still doesn't have all that much meaning to Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy does not feel this. Penny definitely feels this. Yeah, um, uh, d- depending on how many years it is, it's like two or three years in a self-destructive funk. Uh, so like, probably doesn't care. But like, after if it's after that, Jeremy has like attempted to come into his own as a monster hunter. So he's like, ah, another body. At least this one's in my own house and not like a hotel. Yeah, I'd say it's probably like three or five years after the events. They're still, you know, probably like late seventies sometime. Yeah, then it's um, I, it's a uh, go ahead. I think we would have um, not knowing who he is. We would have buried him in the family cemetery with an unmarked marker. Okay, there's a gravestone. Like actually, kind of fitting. Yeah, it just yeah, doesn't say anything on it. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. The end. <laughs> the end. The end. The end. <laughs> Who would have thought Alistair would survive? Not Alistair, yeah, that's for damn sure. No. Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a gift Yankee. My character is a Doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're Ravnus, right? Yes, I, 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 and you are. I, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luckby Cumble. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! <laughs> There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs> Projectderailed.com